Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemond Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lemond Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemond Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. I'm excited to be back. Last week, we had an action-packed week here in Houston. I missed the show as I was there watching the Astros playing their playoff uh, game, and they actually lost to the Boston Red Sox, which eventually they lost the series. But I'm glad to be back this week, excited to talk some football, as well as a lot of different things is going on across the world, especially in the, the NBA. The Houston Rockets got into a little fist fight with the, with the L.A. Lakers, and uh, as we know, the Houston Texans are starting to win and get things turned around, too. So that's where exactly what I want to start off with is the Houston, Texas. As the Texans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road 20-7. to And if you don't look now, the Houston Texans are number one in the AFC division. Uh, with four consecutive wins, the Houston Texans found a way to get out to, well, they got to a bad start. Not really a bad start, a sluggish start uh, offensively. And uh, they got out to an 0-2 start. But they found a way to turn things around. Um, and play one game at a time, won four consecutive games, and four and three overall, two and two on the road, and they're uh, number one in the uh, AFC South division. So you got to give credit to Bill O'Brien. Uh, we've been criticizing him the last couple of weeks on the show, uh, myself and my guests, but you got to give credit to him to get his team turned around and right now leading the AFC South division. The Houston Texans, um, Again, beat Jacksonville Jaguars on the road 20 to 17. They played strong in the first half. Came out, even though they had two field goals in the first quarter, they ended up scoring a touchdown in the second quarter. Uh, some stats here from the game. Deshaun Watson, their dual threat quarterback, even though he did not take the plane with the team to Jacksonville, he did take a bus. Uh, pretty sure it was a, a nice suited bus as he watched film. Uh, did some film study, played some video games, and relaxed as he got to Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to say it was like an 18-hour drive. Uh, they wanted to kind of keep him safe and not put him on a plane, protect his bruised ribs and lungs, and uh, didn't want that air pressure or flying to be able to be anything to help him or hurt him as they prepared for Jacksonville Jaguars. So Deshaun Watson, he was 12 for 24, had 139 yards, one touchdown, the most important part, he had zero interceptions. Uh, Sean Watson has been the most hit and attacked quarterback thus far this season, and uh, he had no interceptions. That was huge for the young man in his second season. He was only sacked once, which is another huge accomplishment for the Texans because, let's be honest, their offensive line is not that great far as protecting the young man. And uh, the fact that he was only sacked once against Jacksonville, and Jacksonville has a very – uh, well-known, tough defense. They're not playing up the par this year, in my opinion, but they're known to bring a lot of pressure. Kales Campbell, a former Arizona Cardinal, now with the Jacksonville Jaguar in his second season. He was injured, had a stinger, and uh, they you know, have some guys who really come after the quarterback. Uh, Houston Texans did a better job protecting Deshaun Watson against that pressure of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And one of the things I really was impressed with the Texans, and I've been talking about on the show, I've been listening the last three to four weeks, is they had to find some balance offensively. They had to find a way to bring some balance offensively and not be a one-dimensional team. 
and put a lot of pressure on the second-year quarterback in Deshaun Watson. So Houston Texans did exactly that. Lamar Miller, a former Miami Dolphin running back, is then now with the Texans going to his third season uh, out of Florida. Uh, he's from Miami, went to University of Miami, played for the Miami Dolphins. Texans signed uh, Lamar Miller um, in the free agency a couple of years ago to a three-year deal. And Lamar Miller stepped up. I mean, I thought he did an excellent job of presenting himself as a, a running back. Uh, if you know, you can listen to the show. He has slimmed down uh, this year to prior seasons. He's a lot quicker. He looks a little bit faster. Uh, Lamar Miller had 22 carries for 100 yards. Most important, he had one rushing touchdown. So the Texans brought some offensive balance with the running game. Lamar Miller did his thing, and that kept Jacksonville off off guard as far as uh, their attack defensively. I thought the Texans did an excellent job as far as the game plan, and it was their running game. Their running game was actually uh, a change of pace going into that road victory. Uh, Alfred Blue also helped out for the Houston Texans, had eight carries for 28 yards. And you know Deshaun Watson, again, he's a dual-threat quarterback. He had seven carries for 13 yards. So I was very impressed how uh, Bill O'Brien had his play calling, especially in the first half, to be able to establish uh, Lamar Miller, uh, continue to attack that Jacksonville Jaguar defense because Jacksonville likes to be aggressive, especially in the box, uh, bringing seven to eight guys down in the box. I I was really uh, satisfied with what I saw from uh, Lamar Miller being able to attack those running lanes and be able to get some kind of chemistry going. I don't know if it was because he was back in his home state of Florida or what, but it was very impressive for Lamar Miller and his effort for the Houston Texans against uh, Jacksonville Jaguars defense. As far as throwing the football, the Texans always have uh, marquee weapons. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the top five receivers, in my opinion, uh, in the NFL for the Houston Texans. If you saw one of the catches he had for 31 yards, one-on-one coverage against Jalen Ramsey, those two like to go head to head. They go twice. They go head to head twice a year. A very competitive battle. Jalen Ramsey is very known. He's a vocal guy, very aggressive uh, defensive back out of Florida State. DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, had the best of them throughout this game. He had three receptions for 50 yards. The longest was 31 yards, but he also had that receiving touchdown. So, Deshaun Watson still continued to find his main weapon, uh, his all pro wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins better known as Nuke or D-Hop, is able to do his thing on the road, especially in the man-to-man coverage. I was very impressed with that. Will Fuller, he had some injuries the last couple of weeks, uh, inconsistency far as on the field, off the field. But when he's on the field this season, it seems like he's the main, uh, also a nice complimentary piece for De- DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me, for Deshaun Watson for throwing the football. Uh, Will Fuller had six receptions for 68 yards, the longest being 18, but he was targeted eight times. So sometimes uh, the second-year quarterback, Deshaun Watson, would kind of force his hand and try to force it to DeAndre Hopkins, his all-pro wide receiver. But having Will Fuller, Will Fuller's ability to separate himself from the defenders, his speed on the outside was very key or was a key component for the Texans on the road, being able to target eight times, I gave balance to Deshaun Watson, been able to sit back there and, and survey uh, the defense, going through his progressions. I really like the fact that he was able to find Will Fuller and make that connection. Again, Will Fuller had six receptions for 68 yards. Had no touchdowns, but he was the main uh, component. He was an impactful player on the road for the Houston Texans offense. So kind of summing it up, uh, without Kiki QT that went down with an injury in the game for the Texans, 
you know, the receiving core was pretty much DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. Uh, the Texans uh, had a, a, a got a first year guy in Kiki QT out of Texas Tech that's been a very good slot receiver. Uh, got got hurt. Uh, the Texans couldn't utilize his skill set on the road. So it was pretty much those two receivers, Hopkins and Fuller, uh, for Deshaun Watson. He only had uh, Watson only ended up finishing up with 131 passing yards. So to kind of just recap what I just kind of talked about, I know I'm talking pretty fast and I'm excited that the Texans are starting to win now on a four-game win, win streak, is that the Texans had success on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. A Jaguar defense is known to be very aggressive, especially in their front seven. They had a really good front four. Uh, the fact that they were able to run the football effectively against the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road, on the road and bring some kind of balance really helped them uh, be, attack the Jacksonville Jaguars early in the first half and get off to a fast start. Lamar Miller, again, had 22 carries for 100 yards and had that one rushing touchdown. Helped Miller continue to build his confidence, even though he didn't produce those type of numbers prior to this game last Sunday against Jacksonville. The fact that Lamar Miller was able now to take this game, the 100-yard rushing game, in a short week going against another Florida team that he knows very familiar of, which is the Miami Dolphins, and I will unpack that game a little bit later as I make my picks and predictions. Lamar Miller would definitely need that success he had on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars against another team that he knows very well in the Miami Dolphins. So uh, the Texans is playing home Thursday night football. I'll be there covering that game as well. I'll give you my thoughts and opinions on next week's show. Uh, and I'm excited for the Texans. I think that uh, uh, they got to a slow start offensively, uh, a lot of expectations for this team. And now that you're starting to see that things are starting to fall in place uh, for their offense, you got to be excited for, for a lot of the things that you're seeing. Hopefully, uh, the DeAndre Hopkins can continue to have that success as a receiver playing at an all-pro level. And, you know, Deshaun Watson, this young man needs to stay upright. He needs to stay healthy. He needs to stay uh, – he's the most hit quarterback early or you know, or in week eight going into week eight. So he's the most hit quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I know if he has some longevity, uh, consistency, uh, and, and be an outstanding player, he needs to be healthy. Uh, and he's been taking a lot of hits, bruised ribs, uh, bruised lung. And this young man has a lot of potential. Uh, Deshaun Watson, if he can stay up, stay healthy, stay upright, and stay off the ground, uh, having Lamar Miller back there is key. But also, another key component before we take our first break is the Texans' offensive line. Uh, inconsistency, the inconsistency up front on the offensive line has played uh, a major is the Achilles heel for the Texans offensively. Uh, they need to find a way to kind of continue to move forward. Uh, even though sometimes injury can kind of affect that offensive line of play, uh, offensive line play, uh, it's professional football. They got to find ways to plug in guys. They can't. They don't have them on the sideline. They got to go out and find them. That's what the general manager is for. So uh, I'm impressed with the Texans offense. Uh, really wasn't an explosive game, but it was con- a consistent and effective game plan that worked for them on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that went to the playoffs last year, a team that's really uh, controlled the uh, AFC South last season. Now the Texans are on a four-game winning streak, have the control over the AFC South now. Uh, as of going to this week, you gotta like the you got to like the chances of the Houston Texans against the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night football. 
So it looks like it's time for us to take a break. A Rod, I want to say it's our first break of the show. And if it is, we're going to go ahead and break right now. And when I come back, I'm going to continue to talk to Houston Texans, but I'm going to go on the other side of the football and talk defense as well. Next one outside the huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, on the Voice America Sports Network. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. As I broke down the Houston Texans' uh, victory on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 20-7. to uh, The Texans are now leading the AFC South Division, and they're 4-3 and three on a four-game winning streak and having a lot of success as far as offensively uh, with their quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson, being able to be able to be the dual-threat quarterback he is. I mean, that he can be in his second year, uh, brought some offensive balance to the team. Last week with Lamar Miller rushing for over rushing for 100 yards and one touchdown, then you know you got DeAndre Hopkins, D-Hop, or Nuke, or Nuke, I can call him. Um, he's able to be effective as far as in the man-to-man coverage and take advantage of any uh, coverages that's thrown his way and make those unbelievable catches like he did with that one-hand grab against Jacksonville Jaguars. So going to the defensive side of the ball, I want to start up front for one of the guys that's in his contract year contract year going into looking for a big payday 
after the season. That's Jadavion Clowney. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, the 6'5", defensive end out of South Carolina. He's in his fifth season. Uh, If you know about Jadavion Clowney, this young man, excuse me, Jadavion Clowney was the first-round draft pick for the Houston Texans. Uh, You know, he's an explosive player, get off the ball fast. But the most important thing, he's getting after the quarterback. The last couple of weeks, especially last game against Jacksonville, I counted two sacks from Jadavion Clowney. And, and, and that's just reason, you know, comes from breeding. I've seen him this all season. I've seen him doing training camp. He's just starting to get better, falling in, in place. I know he's going into his contract year. Uh, he's playing for a bigger contract, excuse me. But Jadavion Clowney just seems like he's falling into place. I mean, a lot of people had a lot of expectations for this young man, rightfully so. So remember Jadavion Clowney when they played Michigan, I want to say. He was the young man that knocked the helmet off the running back. You've seen the same highlight over and over. Going into the NFL draft, he had a huge college career for South Carolina. I was drafted first round, number one draft pick for the Texans. And uh, so he came in with a lot of expectation, a lot of um, uh, Lawrence Taylor-ish over his head, a, a lot of uh, Javon Kirsch. If you remember Javon Kirsch, he's through Tennessee Titans. His rookie year was unbelievable. So, I mean, a lot of potential in the young man, rightfully so, at 6'5", 270, uh, run a sub 4'4", 40. So you, you get it. So Jadavion Clown is a guy that a lot of people thought coming out the gate, he would dominate, and then took him a while uh, through injury, took him a while to learn the system, a couple of different coordinators. But Romeo Cornell has him in the right uh, position. He's doing a, a better job each and every week. He has J.J. Watt on the other side of him. And, you know, having those, that type of, uh, how can I say, having those people around you from a coaching standpoint to a future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, and J.J. Watt, gives you an opportunity to just sit back and learn and also be successful. Uh, Davion Clowney had about seven tackles, uh, seven solos. I know he had seven sacks, and he had two tackles for loss. So uh, I'm really impressed. I'm impressed what I'm seeing from Davion Clowney. I'm impressed by... Uh, his ability to be able to get out there and be aggressive. I like how they're switching them up and getting them moved around on that defensive line to be able to mix it up in each and every week. And once he gets a chance to be in a one-on-one situation, he dominates. In the past, you didn't see that a lot from him. You didn't see him being able to take advantage of man-to-man uh, moves or man-to-man opportunities where he's able to beat the offensive guard or tackle and get to the quarterback. But now you're starting to see that more. You saw that a lot against Indianapolis. You saw that a lot against Jacksonville. Uh, he's starting to gain a lot of confidence. And when he goes against um, when he goes against Miami tomorrow night on Thursday night football, I just anticipate the same effort, same energy, and uh, continue to build more sacks. And Davion Clowney is a guy that's playing at an all-pro level right now. Uh, and, and, and in my opinion, will be um, – We'll we'll get the opportunity to get a better contract and be one of the highest paid uh, defensive ends, outside linebackers, however you want to call them, going into next season. So I'm really impressed with what I saw from Jadavion Clowney. Again, two sacks, seven solos. um, Supposed to play up front, and that's what you need from your your big man at 6'5", defensive end. Another guy that's really stepped up defensively for the Texans, especially at the linebacker position, is Zach Cunningham. The linebacker out of Vanderbilt um, is starting to do his thing. Um, you know, he's a guy that was drafted by the Texans a couple of years ago. 
two seasons ago. And, you know, the fact that at 6'3", 235, he's starting to fall in place as well. Zach Cunningham is starting to be aggressive in inside play. No more Brian Cushing. Not a lot of the guys that you're used to hearing from the Houston Texans. A lot of the young players now are starting to earn their own keep and starting to make a name for themselves. And Zach Cunningham is one of those guys. Against Jacksonville, he was flying around. He was flying around making a lot of plays. Uh, he ended up with a total of 10 tackles, eight solos. But, you know, a lot of the times he was able to cover the running back coming out of the backfield. Uh, he was able to slow down that Jacksonville offense and put a lot of pressure on, on Blake Borders. Uh, Borders was actually horrible throughout the game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ended up getting benched and replaced in the second half. So Blake Borders uh, and uh, Kessler, the quarterback that replaced him, uh, throw Zach Cunningham pressure throughout the throughout the game as well as you know Clowney and JJ Watt and all the other guys in the front seven. So uh, starting to see a lot of the. Uh, younger players gain experience, but also the Texans receiving dividends for the young men that they drafted earlier in the last couple of rounds, the last couple of seasons. So you got to like what you see on the front seven. Going to the back end of the Houston Texans defense, you got to give credit to the 13-year-old veteran, um, good friend of mine, Jonathan Joseph. Jonathan Joseph, J. Joe, has been in the league for 13 seasons, came out of, uh, drafted, then he was played for Cincinnati for a couple of years. I got that big deal leaving Cincinnati, coming over to the Houston Texans, and he's been uh, actually the actually the most consistent DB that the Texans had in the last three to four years. I mean, it's no knock against anybody else, but if you want to say well, who's the true identity or what's the true identity of the Houston Texans, you have to say J- Jonathan Joseph. Uh, Jonathan Joseph has been uh, Mr. Everything as far as consistency, uh, as far as staying healthy, far as if you got a big-time receiver, Jonathan Joseph is going to be the marquee cornerback that Texans going to utilize and use against your top receiver. And he, he did his thing uh, against Jacksonville, in my opinion. And he was able to have seven total tackles, seven solos. Um, you know, and he was able to bring a lot of – he had a lot of good coverage as far as uh, when they was actually through his zone or through his way, he was able to be there and make solid tackles, uh, good open field tackles in space. So that was really good for Jonathan Joseph and, and the Houston Texans secondary. And you got to give credit to a lot of guys, too, as well as the rookie, uh, Justin Reed, you know, uh, Honey Badger, you know, Tyron Matthew. I mean, he's a ball hawk. He, he seems like he's always at the right place at the right time, uh, getting interceptions, if not making uh, impactful plays for the Texans defense. Another guy that stepped up that I haven't seen in a while, and I'm just going to be honest with you, uh, you know, I was looking for him. I was going to call the police and see if they could find him. And that was Whitley, uh, Whitney Merciless. Whitney Merciless was able to bring some pressure against the Texas Jaguars and, and make some plays. That I want to say he forced a fumble against the quarterback as well. Whitney Merciless, the young man, uh, I want to say he went to Illinois. The young man of Illinois was able to linebacker, linebacker number 59 for the Texans, was able to bring some pressure, much needed pressure as well. I uh, haven't seen him in a while, and the fact that he was out there uh, making plays, running around, doing his thing, was also good for the Houston Texans. Andre Howe, um, young man that uh, battled cancer, the cancer was in remission, came back for the first time in a long time for the Texans. That was inspirational, inspiring for the Texans defensively. Uh, having to be out there and see him on the field inspired just not the team, but also the city of Houston. 
young man's been battling, and now the fact that he's back on the field for the Texans was huge as well. So altogether, the Texans defensively are starting to get better. Uh, they can play a lot better and make more plays and force more turnovers. But right now, they're playing solid football. You got to like what you're seeing from the as a group. What you're seeing from the Houston Texans. So uh, the Texans four four and three, uh, four game winning streak, beating Jacksonville at home. On the road, um, hey, uh, you know, kind of my real quick thoughts and opinion on tomorrow's night game going against the Miami Dolphins. So the Texans have a short week, right? A lot of people say these Thursday night games are very tough on the body, very tough on professional football players because it's a short turnaround with the players off on Tuesday or maybe having meetings on Tuesday due to the fact you play on Thursday and have a walkthrough on Wednesday. What really, what real impact will you really make? And uh, the Texans will have to make that impact tomorrow night against the Miami Dolphins. But sounds like I hear the music, so that means it's time for me to take a break. I will take a break and give my picks and predictions later, a little bit on this game for the Texans and the Miami Dolphins later this show. But next, I'm going to go ahead and go around the NFL and talk about some other games in the NFL as well as kind of take a break. So I'm going to take a break right now. When I come back, and continue to talk more football, more NFL. Next one outside the huddle. It's your host, Lee Mark Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're talking public land elk hunting, calling tips, locating the secret spots bulls love, calipers that fill the freezer, ammunition that performs, and more. Joining us is Mitch Petrie, Vice President of Programming for Outdoor Sportsman Group, and Steve West of Steve's Outdoor Adventures. Jim and Trav's Elk Quest 2018 is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Let's hunt. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams. Coming to you live from Houston, Texas. As I kind of recap the Houston Texans victory of the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, this past Sunday on their four-game winning streak, four and three so far in the season at the top of the AOC South division. So this segment, I want to kind of just go around the NFL, talk about some other games, and I beat you all up too much about Houston Texans uh, football. So I want to talk about a game that was very competitive, in my opinion, and it's very and true, dear to my heart. Someone from the East Coast, and I love this rivalry. And that's the Washington Redskins versus the Dallas Cowboys. So the Cowboys traveled to D.C. They played the Washington Redskins. And the Redskins, a team that I grew up watching and liking, uh, beat the Dallas Cowboys 20-17. to And right now the Redskins are pre- playing pretty good at home at 3-1, and 4-2 overall. Dallas Cowboys, uh, they're 0-4 on the road, 3-4 and as they go into their bye week. So, as you know, the Dallas Cowboys do not have their star wide receiver, Des Bryant. They released him this offseason. They made a trade this week for Amari Cooper out of Oakland. Uh, surprised a lot of people, but it seems like it was more of a desperation trade, in my opinion, from uh, general manager and owner Jerry Jones to be able to help, get some help for Dak Prescott because if you watch that game against the Washington Redskins, if you're a Cowboys fan, you don't have a lot to cheer about because offensively, you didn't have a receiver over 100 yards receiving. I mean, I mean, Colt Beasley, probably what he had seven receptions, 56 yards. Gallup, he had three receptions with 81 yards. Michael Gallup, he had one touchdown. He was targeted five times. Alan Hearns, uh, he had five receptions for 74 yards. So I know you're probably thinking, who is these guys? I mean, outside of Colt Beasley, that sounds like a guy that probably jumps out to you. They don't have any marquee receivers. They don't have anybody that that Prescott is accustomed to throwing the football night in and night out or every Sunday that's going to get it done. They're putting too much pressure on the young man. I'm talking about Dak Prescott. Prescott ended up with, he was 22 for 35, 273 yards, had one throwing touchdown, but he was sacked four times. And if you can remember that one sack, Sack was he ended up from the ball on the goal line, recovered by the Redskins. Uh, Smith was the last thing, was a defensive lineman. Uh, ended up giving the touchdowns to the Redskins in the fourth quarter because Dak Prescott, he's just trying to do too much too fast. He doesn't have a lot of help offensively. Uh, one-dimensional team. You probably say, well, he has Ezekiel Elliott, but Elliott is only one person that's only going to do one thing. As you saw against the Texans, the Dallas Cowboys were shut down, became a one-dimensional team. And Zach, I mean, uh, Ezekiel Elliott only had three hundred, I mean, 33 rushing yards against the Redskins last week, zero touchdowns. Coming from off his rookie year where he was so explosive and so impressive, now you look at the running game, you're like, oh, okay. If you take away Ezekiel Elliott, then the Dallas Cowboys really don't have anything to offer. And that's pretty much it. I mean, Offensively, Dak Prescott <laughs> took some big shots in the first quarter. I know y'all saw the highlights and the, and the clips of him with the smell of salt trying to get back into it. Didn't take any plays off. But if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan on your bye week this week, you've got to be concerned 
Amari Cooper's coming in. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, he's going to maybe help out. I, I don't know. I mean, you wanted an impact player. If you wanted a guy like that, they should have got Josh Gordon when he had the opportunity before New England snatched him up. And you see what he's doing up there in, in New England now with Tom Brady. So uh, the Dallas Cowboys he wasn't impressive uh, offensively um, and defensively. They couldn't even stop the running game. I mean, give it, give credit to what they call him. He used to be in Arizona with you guys, uh, A-Rod. Now he's down in D.C., Adrian Peterson, all day. They consider him an old man right now in his early 30s. But he was running that football. He was toting that thing, A-Rod, against the Dallas Cowboys. 24 carries, had 99 rushing yards, zero touchdowns. But the fact that he was able to bust those plays wide open, especially on the outside edge, on the sweeps, Kept Dallas Cowboys all balanced defensively. Uh, then you add in Alex Smith. He had a so-so game. Uh, he had 70, 178 passing yards, one touchdown, throwing touchdown. He had no interceptions, but he was sacked once. So Redskins, uh, you know, they don't play a lot of pretty football. They play solid, you know, uh, very effective as far as getting the ball down the field and, trying to do their thing. They don't have really big marquee wide receivers. Uh, Jordan Reed, you know, that's probably one of the guys you probably know. Um, that's it. <laughs> so, for the most part, the Redskins is uh, uh, kind of like Dallas. If you take away their running game, they don't really have any marquee receivers. But they have Alex Smith. That's his huge, huge plus for them. And they have Adrian Peterson as well running the football. I thought the Dallas Cowboys – uh, put themselves in the whole defense, I mean, offensively with those turnovers early on, uh, especially in the first quarter. I like DJ Swearinger. Swearinger, I know a lot of. He used to play with the Houston Texans uh, a couple seasons ago. Now he's the safety, and he's the vocal leader for the Redskins. Uh, he was coming out making some really good plays, forcing fumbles. He recovered that one fumble. Uh, being being that dog that you need defensively, a lot of times People say, what's that dog? Well, DJ Swanger is that dog that you need to see. He's a vocal leader. He's an impact player defensively, and he's a, a huge plus for the Redskins defense. Other guys up front, you know, Carrington, Kerrigan, uh, uh, Ryan Kerrigan for the uh, Redskins, Josh Norman. He's another guy that jumps out there from a cornerback standpoint. And I saw the post-game interviews with Josh uh, Norman. He was saying this is a new way of doing football here in D.C. The fact that they, you know, they're playing a new brand of football. And the fans are excited about it. The city is excited about it. Uh, the whole DMV area is excited about it. He, uh, the, the Washington Redskins are, are being very competitive, and it's good for the for the area. It's good for football. It's good for the NFC East. And I like that. I like to see that, even though. Um, we still have a couple more weeks. Well, we have a, well, about eight to nine more weeks of football. So we see how things will play out for the Redskins as well as for the Cowboys. Cowboys on the bye week this week, much needed bye week. They need to get some rest. Rest that quarterback, Dak Prescott. Hats off to the Redskins. Uh, they will meet uh, the Cowboys next month. I want to say they meet them on Thanksgiving. So we'll see how that game's play out in Dallas for that rivalry game. So, Kudos to the Redskins. It was a very competitive game. I was very interested in that game, beating the Cowboys 20-17. Another team that's red hot, no surprise here, is the New England Patriots. They beat the Chicago Bears. And this game was, I call it the tail end of this game. Uh, right after the Texans game, 
CBS switched over to this one, uh, New England Patriots versus the Bears. Uh, you know, Tom Brady is Brady. You know, they call him the GOAT, but Tom Brady is always going to be effective. And he threw for 36 times, 277 yards, three throwing touchdowns. He had that one interception and one sack. But, you know, the Bears, it seems like they was the most competitive and, and impressive team in this game. But they end up losing by one yard. If you saw that Hail Mary, the quarterback threw it up and the, and the receiver caught it right there on the one-yard line as he was trying to push him into the into the end zone. I uh, didn't get it as the time ran out. So New England is New England. You say, well, why is New England New England? Because, one, they have Bill Belichick as a coach. Two, they have Tom Brady as a quarterback. Uh, Renner game is not really that great. they got James White. I mean, he's going to – Okay, he's going to run the football, but he's not going to have an really explosive game. But as long as you give Tom Brady enough time, he's going to pick you apart. I mentioned this young man a, a while ago, Josh Gordon, uh, the young man from the Cleveland Browns that uh, was released from the Cleveland Browns or let go by the Cleveland Browns, and the New England Patriots picked him up. Had a very impressive game for his first big game for the New England Patriots, in my opinion. He had four receptions for 100 yards. Averaging 25 yards a catch, he was targeted seven times, and it's starting to see that Tom Brady and, and, and Josh Gordon started firing their groove together, starting to feel uh, comfortable each and every week. And you knew it was going to take time. Tom Brady, man, he he really likes those big receivers, big play receivers. You remember when he had Randy Moss a couple of years ago? He was able to do his thing with Randy Moss, and from there, Randy Moss had a second breath of fresh air, or second. Uh, how can I say, career with the New England Patriots as far as uh, receiving the football. And I believe Josh Gordon can do the same thing if he keeps his nose clean, if he keeps himself healthy and out of trouble. Uh, he can have a very successful career, second-half career, with the New England Patriots as far as receiving the football, as far as catching the football, and they have an opportunity to play in the playoffs. Because you know New England is definitely going to the playoffs this year. Uh, they play Buffalo Monday Night Football. Um Coming up this Monday, they're five and two, and they play Buffalo on the road. I really don't see Buffalo being a big threat to New England, so I'm I'm going to just throw it out there. New England's going to beat Buffalo. Uh, that's my pick and prediction for that game. But uh, defensively for the Patriots, uh, they have a, a defense by committee. They really don't have a big guy, name play guy. Patrick Chung, I guess, if you want to throw his name out there. Uh, Dante Hightower, he's another guy. But, you know, it, it all starts offensively for the Texans. I mean, excuse me, for the Patriots. It starts with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. That's it. Those two guys, as long as you're on the same page, you you know, you don't rattle Brady early, earlier in the game. You don't put him in bad position as far as scheme. If you're coaching, he's going to be successful, and he's going to continue to win. And that's just that simple. I mean, it's hard. There's nothing else to explain about the New England Patriots. It's the Patriots' way. And uh, they're going to continue to do their thing each and every Sunday. They're going to beat Buffalo on next Monday night. All right, before we take our next break, I want to kind of wrap up this last game, the last team that's been so explosive and so impressive in the first eight weeks of this NFL season, 2018 season. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they're 3-0 at home, 6-1 overall. They have a nice first-year starting quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes sat on the bench the last couple of years learning from Alex Smith waiting his turn under uh, uh, Coach Andy Reid. Now Patrick Mahomes is doing his thing, throwing for 100, oh, 300, excuse me, 358 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked twice. So Patrick Mahomes, he's 
continue to be consistent each and every week. And that's the hardest thing in the NFL is, main, is to stay, is maintain consistency and be effective as far as winning the football games. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I mean, what else can I say about this young man? Strong arm. Seems like he's a really good, good leader for his team. Uh, has some really good offensive weapons. And, and Tracy Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Fast-Hill, Sammy Watson or Watkins. You know, offensively, they can run the football with Kareem Hunt. He has 80, 86 rushing yards and one touchdown. So they have a, a good balance attack to be able to help out the first-year starting quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. And they just dominated Cincinnati. I mean, just to be honest, Cincinnati, you know, under Marvin Lewis, got off to a really good start of the season. It's starting to uh, fall back into the old Cincinnati ways. They're 2-2 two and two on the road. And, and they, they were going against a very tough team in the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs just did their thing. And you got to give credit to that. One of the negatives I did see on the road, I mean, at home for Patrick Mahomes was the fumbles. But if he can maintain the football and keep the ball to the ground, It'll be very competitive and make a play for the playoffs here going later this season. All right, I heard the music. It's time for us to take a break. It's going to take a break. Hey, Rob, when I come back, I'll give, you, give everyone my picks and predictions for going into week eight. Next on Outside the Huddle, your host, Lee Mark Williams, on the Voice of America Sports Network. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to your, welcome back to the show outside the huddle. I'm your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. As we enter the last segment of the show, this typically the shortest segment of the of the one hour show, and I'm gonna go give you my week eight NFL picks and prediction. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, starting with Thursday night football, the Miami Dolphins will travel to Houston, Texas, and play the Houston Texans on Thursday night football. Well, Lamar Miller's starting to come back to life for the Texans for running the football as a running back, having a 100-yard game last week. And it seems like he plays a little bit better when he plays his home state teams, especially his former team, the Miami Dolphins, and being from Miami. I believe so that he's going to continue to have that success this, this Thursday night. And he's going to play with a big chip on his shoulder. One of the fact that, Dolphins let him go and didn't give him a contract extension and a bigger contract to stay there. And two, he's starting to feel more comfortable this season uh, with the, how can I say it, with the inconsistency of the offensive line. So Lamar Miller will be the key component. I talked about this last couple of weeks to Texas. He needs to bring a balance attack or inserting a running game. I believe the Texans will do that and will try to establish that early on for the Dolphins. I mean, against the Dolphins in front of their home fans, Thursday night football. I have the Texans winning their fifth game in a row over the Miami Dolphins. Even though it's a short week, uh, I believe the Texans will do their thing. Jadavion Clowney defensively will continue to have some success in this contract year. You've got to give credit to the 13-season vet and Jonathan Joseph. Tyron Matthews, the ball call as far as getting interceptions. Uh, and don't forget about J.J. J.J. got some sacks this year, too. So <clears throat> give credit to the Houston Texans. They will earn their fifth victory straight. Uh, Thursday night football will be there at the NRG Stadium, kicking off tomorrow night. Sunday games, we have Philly, which has been very disappointing this season. I guess another disappointing team the last couple of years, I mean, last couple of weeks, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have to give it to Philly. With the inconsistency of Blake Bortles and so much turmoil is going on defensively with Jacksonville Jaguars, Jalen Ramsey, he's frustrated. It seems like a lot of different things going on. And they're playing overseas in London. So neutral territory, uh, guys travel a lot. I mean, it's a big traveling day. Well, traveling from, from the United States to London, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Philly. I think Philly will win that game against Jacksonville. Excuse me, I'm recovering from a head cold, so if you hear me coughing and sniffing, I apologize for that. Uh, New York Giants will play, excuse me, New York Jets will play the Chicago Bears. I will give this game to the Bears due to the fact that the Bears have been impressive under Khalil Mack. Uh, They let that game slide away from them, get away from them against New England Patriots. Uh, The Jets, uh, I don't know. The Jets seem like they're sleepwalking. And right now, I really don't have too much positive to say about the Jets. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears at home, winning that game at Soldier Field over the New York Jets. Tampa Bay versus Cincinnati. Tampa beat the Cleveland Browns by a field goal last week. Cincinnati got ran over by Kansas City, high-powered offense. 
I'm going to give this game to Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati will win their game at home. Marvin Lewis will have his team recovered from that big loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And Cincinnati will win over Tampa Bay at home. Seattle will travel to Detroit and play the Detroit Lions at Ford Field. This is a tough one right here. Um, if I had to roll the dice, I would say Detroit. Detroit will win this game at home. No particular reason. I like uh, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. But Detroit, I'm going to go and give them, give them that game at home. Denver versus Kansas City. That's a really good matchup there. AFC uh, West matchup. I'm going to go ahead and give that to the Kansas City Chiefs over the Denver Broncos because it's tough to beat uh, Patrick Mahomes right now, especially Arrowhead Stadium. So I'm going to give that one to the Chiefs. Washington Redskins right now 4-2, and two, looking impressive, playing solid football against a struggling, struggling, struggling New York Giants team after Washington on Monday Night Football against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to give this one to the Washington Redskins. Hail to the Redskins as they beat the New York Giants at home. Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh will beat Cleveland. Baltimore will travel to Carolina. Cam Newton and company will beat the Baltimore Ravens at home. That game, I'm going to give it to the Carolina Panthers. Some afternoon games, the Colts will travel all the way to the West Coast and play the Oakland Raiders. Now, giving up Amara Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys, Who's going to emerge as the top receiver for the Oakland Raiders? We will see Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm going to give this game to the Raiders. Due to the fact they're in the black hole, they're playing in Oakland Coliseum. Uh, John Moon definitely need a win. The Colts are still trying to figure out what they want to do. You know they have uh, Andrew Luck. I'm going to give this game to the Oakland Raiders. Green Bay Packers will go against the undefeated team right now, the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, man. This is the one that's going to be a good one. That's a good afternoon game. Uh, Got to stick with the undefeated team right now because they haven't lost. How can you go against an undefeated team and predict them to lose, even though they're going against a really good team in Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers? I'm going to give this game to the Los Angeles Rams. They will beat the Green Bay Packers. A-Rod, your team will play at home this week, the Arizona Cardinals, as they host the San Francisco 49ers, the Boo Boo Bowl. Who's going to win this game? Uh, let's say Arizona. All right, Arizona's going to win it. No particular reason. They're playing at home. San Francisco, they're starting to prepare for the offseason. Uh, only won one game this season. Arizona, I think they're in the offseason. Hey, hey, did the cornerback want to get traded? Change his mind? Patrick, Patrick uh, Peterson, now he wants to stay? I don't know. Arizona, I haven't figured them out. They haven't figured themselves out. Arizona will win this game over San Francisco and make A-Rod happy for next week's show. Looks like the New Orleans Saints travel to Minnesota. Hmm, this is a good one. Sunday night football. Man, this was a tough one. I'm going to go with the road team. New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees will steal this game against the Minnesota Vikings. Sunday night football against, uh, eh, I'm just going to say the Saints. I'm going to take that one, Saints. And finishing up Monday Night Football, I talked about this early. The New England Patriots will travel to Buffalo. Buffalo haven't hosted a Monday Night Football game in quite some time. Uh, not very impressive team this, se- this season. Going against their AFC East rival or AFC East uh, top team in that division, the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick will steamroll over the Buffalo Bills as New England will continue to dominate any team in the AFC East division. 
can beat the Buffalo Bills. So that kind of wraps up my picks and prediction. Atlanta is on bye week this week. Dallas Cowboys much needed by uh, Dak Prescott spot soaking in ice tub right now. You got the Tennessee Titans on by, as well as the Los Angeles Chargers. So that's pretty much it uh, for all the games here going into week eight. Um, don't have any college football games this weekend. I uh, will be attending no college football games this weekend for ESPN Plus or ESPN Three. So I'm kind of off this weekend, and I'm enjoying the festivities of homecoming. Some really good homecoming games here locally for the in the Houston area. Texas Southern is kicking up their homecoming this weekend, and I don't know who scheduled this, but Prairie View A&M is having that same homecoming, the same weekend, the same city. Um, and that's HBCU football. If you know anything about me, you know anything about the show. I'm a product of HBU, HBCU, excuse me, football. Attended Howard University, played football there, and I love me some black college football, especially homecoming. So I'm gonna have my ball. I'm gonna have a ball this weekend, enjoy myself, and, and indulge in some, some homecoming festivities. What else going on here locally? The Rockets. Uh, I talked about them earlier. Real quick, um, you know, they still haven't found their identity as far as what they want to do. Uh, they're so busy fighting. <laughs> I'm just saying that to be funny, but um, the Rockets are still trying to figure things out. I think James Harden will get things turned around for that team. Chris Paul, see how this whole Camilo Anthony thing plays out, too, coming off the bench. But that's it. That's the music. It's time for us to wrap up the show. I want to appreciate all the listeners for listening to the show outside the huddle. Until we meet next Wednesday, have a blessed weekend. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.